1: Ancestor by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler is available for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, and welcome back. I'm your host, Marco Palmieri, Realm's designated curator of The Strange and the Macabre. And good news, everyone. My colleague Diana Foe is in the house.
2: Or rather, in the recording studio. And we have some pretty fancy mic setups going on here in New York.
1: Oh, that we do. They really gave us the deluxe treatment this time. Here's something you all may not know about us. Diana and I both grew up on the East Coast, but we share a fascination with weird Westerns.
2: Okay, fascination might be a little bit extreme, but I was a horse girl growing up. So there's that, you know, but I think just Westerns have this really great sense of free-spirited, no-holds-bars adventure to it. And, of course, I just love a good set of aesthetics. You know, you get cowboy boots, all this, like, sturdy leather stuff going on, you know, plaid and checkered shirts in a context that makes sense. And then you just, like, throw in some magic or some ray guns, and it just all comes together for me.
1: Well, I love them. And there's something about the mashup of the Western and the supernatural that just works for me. It's one of the reasons I loved being the producer of Bullet Catcher, one of Rome's other podcasts, which everyone listening to this show should totally check out if you haven't already, by the way. It is amazing. It is beautifully written and so well-performed. You guys are going to love it. I also found some pretty cool weird Westerns for this show, and the one you're about to hear is absolutely one of my favorites. It's creepy, it's gritty, and I give it bonus points for including a possessed doll because... Really, when is a possessed doll not nightmare fuel?
2: Okay, on top of being a horse girl, I also had dolls. So, you know, but I just didn't love them as much as my horses or my T.Y. Beanie Babies.
1: I didn't own any dolls or action figures at all because it was too freaking easy to imagine them coming to life and killing me in my sleep. So let me share my dread with all of you. As Diana and I send you off... To join a young black woman traveling with a Wild West circus. Will she use her powers to free herself from her white oppressors once and for all? Or will those powers consume her? Listen and find out. In Belly Speaker by Nicole Givens Kurtz, voiced by Ebony Flowers.
3: The sharp New Mexican wind lodged grit in the corners of her mouth. Honeysuckle wiped her lips with the back of her sleeve and spat onto the dirt just outside the town of Wild Sage. Morning broke the horizon. She squinted against the shimmering light. All around, the desert landscape changed like so many towns before, with tall poles and colorful canopies, exotic wildlife, and strange odors. Tucked into the crook of Honey's arm, Mama Wynn watched with unblinking eyes as the rainbow of tents sprouted up against the flushed sky. Early morning laborers' grunts and shouts broke the new day's quiet. Fires snapped and crackled from makeshift pits. Smoke wafted across the field, snaking across the grounds, seeking freedom. Honey, get over here and lend a hand. You know Anna's with child. The carnival owner, Bob Mathers, gestured his meaty and chapped hands toward Anna, swollen and pink, who rubbed the small of her back. I'm practicing, Honeysuckle adjusted Mama Wynn against her knee and then gestured with her head to the doll. Practicing what? How hard is it to make that stupid log of wood talk? Get over here, Bob barked. Don't you go over to him." Bloated, pale pig. Mama Wynne's hoarse voice held hints of anger. You say something. Bob crossed his arms across his round belly and glared, eh? Nothing. Honeysuckle squinted at Mama Wynne and met her glass glare. In a whisper, she added, "Shush, you. He the boss. We the workers. You the slave, and he the master." We ain't slave no more, thank you, Mr. Lincoln, God, rest his soul. We found freedom doing this work, now come on, no rocking the boat. Honeysuckle sighed and sat Mama Wen down beside her chair, before heading over to the carnival owner. People crawled around, some she knew, some she didn't. Honeysuckle found comfort in strangers. Her dark robe brushed the tops of her boots as she walked. Her steps fell in a shush across the desert floor, but shot little dusty clouds in her wake. Even once she reached Big Bob, she could hear Mama Wen whispering in her mind. Don't listen to him, don't listen to him, devils, demons. You walk so slow, lazy ass, Bob grunted and started toward the big tent. Hercules could use some help with the cages. Honeysuckle let it go, as her people had practiced doing for decades, letting the rancid bark of those supposedly superior flow from their scarred and marred backs. Holding her head high, she reached Hercules. Big man? Which? he rumbled in greeting as he stood tall against the rising sun. Already drenched with sweat, he pushed a punishing hand through his shoulder-length hair. A mountain of a man, Hercules hadn't been his real name. After the war, everyone became someone else, even the nobodies. Carnival work gave them labels, allowed them to become strong men, funny men, belly speakers. I told you not to call me that, Honeysuckle reached down for the sledgehammer. My mama was killed by witchcraft. Hercules had a sheen of anxious sweat dripping down his forehead. A hulking, dark figure, he reached out for the sledgehammer. Calloused, rough hands waved her toward him. Gimme, witch. He smirked outright, fleshing out a dimple. If he hadn't been so cruel, he might have been handsome. A cold chill filtered up from her belly, gushing like a geyser inside her. Sack, she swung the heavy sledgehammer with ease, as if she had an extra set of hands. Honeysuckle watched the scarlet wound blossom across Hercules' upper chest, at the base of his throat, where the hammer's chipped edge snared his tanned flesh. The red stain inked its way through his thick fingers, clawing at his throat, dark eyes bulging as he fought to breathe. Round, unblinking eyes took it all in. You don't hear too good, do you? The sledgehammer smacked the dirt as it slid from honeysuckle's grasp. The icy burn began to recede, and as it did, she came back to herself. Her limbs tingled with pinpricks, as if she'd been out in the cold too long. At once, Bob's shouting and Hercules' wheezing screams rent the dry air, and the thundering of running feet joined. What the hell you doing? Bob shoved Honeysuckle aside. Here, here, Anna, get the dock. Honeysuckle's belly balled into a knot of gnawing fear. What happened? She stumbled forward, tripping over the hammer's handle, but catching herself before she hit the ground. Bob snatched himself around to her, red-faced and spitting, fat bushy eyebrows crouched down in fury over angry, beady eyes. You ain't right in the head, get out of my sight. Where the hell is Doc? Herc's turning blue. Honeysuckle pushed through the thin crowd and marched back to her trailer scooped up Mama Wen and retreated to its comforts. Inside, the oily smell of kerosene overpowered the scents of old tomes and the passage of time. The lantern's soft glow cast shadows into heavy curtains and worn, leather-bound books. She plopped down on the edge of her bed and grabbed a bottle of whiskey from the floor beside. As she fingered the capped mouth, the amber liquid slushed about half empty just like Honeysuckle. What happened? Honeysuckle whirled around to Mama Wen sitting on the love seat. The miniature doll with its hand-painted clothing, shoes, and facial features shook and began to grow. The wood rings pulsated in hypnotic fashion. Her soulless eyes widened, as did she. Long wooden legs stretched out until the four-toed feet touched the throw rug. Lanky, thin, branch-like arms creaked as she reached out with four-fingered hands. The oblong head swelled till it reached the ceiling. Leafy branches sprouted around her head to create a verdant hair. Her lipless mouth opened and Mama Wen spoke. Nothing. Nothing? He could die, If Hercules dies, I'm gonna be headed for the noose, and you to the fire. Squashing a bug, ridding the area of pests, nothing more. The gravelly voice clashed with Mama Wind's faux cheery face. Somehow, it made her words more sinister. Honeysuckle swallowed to ease her dry throat before trying again. There's a big difference between bugs and people. Mama Wynn's shimmering laughter shook her leaves, making them rustle in the small space, forcing the shadows to flicker. It raised goose flesh along honeysuckle's arms and tightened the knot in her belly. Ever since she could remember, she'd had Mama Wynn. The wooden doll had spoken to her when she'd been old enough to fetch water from the well back in Tennessee but never had she been in such a predicament as this. With mounting fear, Honeysuckle gaped at Mama Wynn reclining on the love seat unabashed. The grinning mouth stretched to accommodate the now larger face mocked Honeysuckle's fury. At the moment, all Honeysuckle could do was wait. Mama, we can't just attack a white man, even all the way out here. There's gonna be hell to pay, even if Hercules don't die. Ain't nobody gonna call me out of my name, not no more. He didn't, he was talking to me. Same as talking to me. But mama, hush now, child. A series of shouts and the sound of laborers outside jolted Honeysuckle awake. Through bleary eyes and a pounding headache, she looked over to Mama Wen. Though still seated on the love seat, the doll's feet were now suspended high above the throw rug. Honeysuckle closed her eyes and breathed through the thundering at her temples. How'd she read the stars so wrong? Joining up with Bob's traveling circus had given her a place to stay, a way to see the country and money, her own freedom. She peered over at Mama Wen. Had she really achieved that freedom? Yeah, from bondage and servitude, sure. Although never alone, she was alone all the time. Mama Wen didn't like people, especially those being friendly with honeysuckle. The doll had helped her ice over the grief of her mama's death and helped her talent as a belly speaker grow. But the doll had also crept up inside of her and torn a hole that she couldn't fix. My head aches, I hate this. No, you don't, you just ain't used to what you like, Mama Wynn snickered. I know this is wrong, Honeysuckle climbed to her feet using the bed as leverage. Held down by her side, her fist shook as she stepped closer to the smirking dummy. The big painted on smile and those wide unblinking eyes stared straight ahead. It infuriated Honeysuckle, it's better to feel pain than nothing at all. Honeysuckle pulled back her hand from where she'd reached for Mama Wen. The doll laughed, despite the mirth, it held warning. How would you know? You don't feel anything, just a stupid dummy. Honeysuckle crossed her arms in a huff. Mama Wynn had a way of reducing her from her 25 years to 12. Your bone's gonna be dust, forgotten and absorbed into the black earth soon enough. Take pleasure in suffering. That's all there is anyway. Just cuz my skin is dark don't mean I'ma just lay down and die. Yeah, we suffer, Mama, but we live too. We fight hard, but we rise up and live, I'ma keep on living. Honeysuckle sighed as the cool springs rose from her belly, filtering through her body like rushing waters. She would pushed too far. Mama, she hated how it sounded so much like a whine. Somehow, you make me feel like I can't live without you, and I'm big enough now to get on. Out here folks live by the loaded gun. Only one gonna defend you and keep you safe, baby girl, me. A shudder rocketed through honeysuckle. Mama Wynne's words rattled around inside her, down into her empty belly where all manner of darkness swirled, or so she imagined. Thanks to Mama Wynne, she could never trust her own eyes. The magic altered how she saw things. Honeysuckle knew there was something beyond this. I can get away from her, but banging interrupted her thoughts. Honey, open this blasted door for a tear it off. Bob's knocking shook the trailer. Come in. I'm coming. She dropped the empty whiskey bottle and it clattered to the floor. With her head full of regret, Honeysuckle went to the door and peered through the thin curtain. Sure enough, Bob's balding and sunburned head turned to face her. Open the door.
4: Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale.
1: You can eat it.
4: That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind.
1: This is the story of Harry Dalowitz, and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream.
4: So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.
3: With a sigh, she unlocked the door and retreated farther inside. If the mob wanted her, They'd have to come in and get her. She wasn't gonna make it easy for them. The trailer sagged under Bob's weight. He squeezed into the tiny room, filling it with the odor of sweat and filth. He got almost to the love seat before he quit trying to get closer. Honeysuckle climbed to the rear of her bed where a small window rested at her back. Crouched on her heels, she held Mama Wynn in one hand. The roaring in her ears grew louder, and Mama Wynne's whispered chuckle served as an unsettling undercurrent, the air hung heavy with tension. What you want? Honeysuckle clutched the doll tighter, and her skin grew colder. Now, honey, ain't nothing to be frightened about, he shot her a greasy smile. Old Herc's gonna live, may not talk again, but he'll live. Honeysuckle held her breath and waited for the rest. Experience had taught her that white men always repaid in kind what they perceived as defiance. The pull of the icy blackness welled up from her belly and pressed against her lips. She kept her mouth closed, but the pressure continued to build. Bob's beady eyes shifted down to the doll and then back to Honeysuckle. You, uh, use magic for that thing, huh? to make it talk. Honeysuckle shook from the freezing cold that exploded inside of her. The corners of her trailer went white. Frost crawled up the windows behind her, and her breath escaped in puffs. The kerosene lanterns flickered in warning. Suddenly, laughter spilled out of her. Chills skated along her flesh in concert with the stream of maniacal mirth Across from her, Bob scowled in confusion at first, and then took a pained step backward, clearly unnerved. Where you going? The voice's coarseness shocked Bob, and he glanced down to Mama Wen. You heard me, why'd a rush to run? His head snapped up to Honeysuckle, shut that dummy up for it gets you hurt. Honeysuckle swallowed but held her lips shut. Truth was, she couldn't open them if she tried. Just, uh, keep yourself to yourself, you hear me? With that, Bob squeezed out of the wagon so fast, he snared his sleeve on the door's latch. He cursed and banged around the door's frame before disappearing into the blushing morn. But the tone of his voice had held warning. That's it? Honeysuckle blinked in disbelief. She already had her answer. That wasn't the end. No way they would leave her unscathed after she attacked Hercules. Her reckoning had only been postponed. The West stayed wild, despite all the attempts to tame it, claim it, and abuse it. A fierce rejection of conformity. This wide expanse of nothing held a kinship with Mama Wen. Barren and unyielding. Perhaps that's why Mama Wynn was so strong out here. i am going go out, get food. I'm starving. Honeysuckle picked up her rifle and took a breath. She glanced over to the doll and awaited the rebuke. Silence. Honeysuckle headed out into the yucca scented air of a new day. In the arid high desert, Few animals stirred this early. Honeysuckle pointed her rifle at the dawn and marched across the open space in search of food. Soon, she happened upon a group of rodent-like animals peeking out of a mound. It seemed some stood as sentries, watching out for bigger predators like her. She crouched down slowly and remained still. Bob called them prairie dogs and told her to keep it to herself. Although the idea of eating dogs turned her stomach, Bob had assured her that they tasted gamey and weren't real dog. Now, she had to shoot one, because her hunger was so real even the yucca looked tasty. It'd make a solid morning meal. From this distance, the camp's den punctured the quiet. The aroma of roast meat wafting from their campgrounds made her belly growl and her mouth water. The wind whipped about something fierce, driving some of the prairie dogs back into their mound. They weren't the only ones on the prowl. Once the wind died, the heavy shuffle of feet snared her attention. Honeysuckle rose from the sparse brush, rifle in hand. Who's there? The wind roared again, stealing some of her words, but not her rising alarm. The hunter turned prey a way of life for women in the West and in these lawless times. A few feet away, Bob and a cluster of dusty men stopped. The two on horseback wore cowboy hats and apathetic glares. Bob and Hercules stood, horseless. The animals whinnied in greeting. They must have followed her, tracked her like an animal through the brush. Hercules carried a thick rope in one hand and an angry scowl marred his face. The deep purple bruise across his neck spoke louder than any words he could say. That shut him up. The others wore gun belts slung low on their waists. A lynch mob. She warned Mama when this would happen. Reckoning would come, and as always with men, so would violence. Go easy, honey. Bob gestured with his fat left hand for her to lower her weapon. Morning again, Bob. Gentlemen. Honeysuckle sweetened her words, but kept her rifle raised. The familiar feeling in her belly stirred. You know why I'm here, Bob nodded at Hercules. We gotta make this right. The others grunted in agreement. You saying my apology ain't enough? Honeysuckle shuddered as the iciness flowed throughout her person. The wind picked up again, but she held her weapon firm. Her fingers ached. Now, honey, you attacked. Hell, damn near killed him. Bob jerked a thumb at Hercules. Ain't no savage gonna harm my crew. We can't have that kind of doing round here. We civilized folk. Ask the Indian about that, Honeysuckle whispered. What? Speak up. Bob moved closer, but still out of striking distance. Quit your mumbling. Honeysuckle trained the gun on him no closer or she bangs. The men on horseback drew their guns. At this, she finally took them in. Two shiny stars had been pinned to their shirts, a sheriff and a deputy. Four men, three guns, two horses, one honeysuckle. As the rising panic pressed against her throat, she squeezed her fingers tighter around the rifle, but she couldn't make them stop trembling ain't no man gonna hurt my baby. Mama. The ache eased from her fingers and a cool calm settled over her. She sighed as the internal whispers offered assurance and comfort, nothing to fear. Mama promised she'd protect her. A low drone, a hum of laughter rippled up from her belly. Now don't you go begging for your ma. You hurt hurt. The sheriff here says that's a hanging offense. Bob adjusted his pants and gun belt. Behind him, on the gray horse, the thin sheriff tipped his hat and spat a wad of tobacco. Thin rivulets of brown streamed down his chin into his beard. His pistol remained in his hand, ready to render judgment. You ain't got no arrest papers, no jury, or trial. This is still America, Honeysuckle swallowed. And I have rights now, not as many as you, but I got em. The man chuckled, then sobered. Out here, all this openness, who gonna find you? Bob asked, wiping the sweat from his face. Who'd care, the sheriff snorted. One less blackie to bother us, the other added with a shrug. Killing me kills your profit. I bring a fair bit of coin to you, paying customers who like my show. Honeysuckle knew her act provided good attendance. Curious people loved her exotic looks and the strangeness of her belly speaking abilities. They'd often tried to touch her hair, her skin, and of course, Mama Wen. Honeysuckle didn't like equating her life's worth with money. It happened all too often to her people, but that seemed to be all men like Bob understood. Your grace is wasted on them. Bob paused and studied her as he stroked his double chins. The other's hard chuckles tapered off and, in the void, silence swelled. Your good heart gonna get you chewed up. Ain't you got something to say, Hercules? The words thundered, spooking the men. Who sayeth that? Bob asked. Looking around, pistol slicing through the air as he waved it. Don't all you men folk got all the answers? The same voice jeered. She said it, the sheriff nodded at Honeysuckle. No, uh her lips didn't move, the deputy countered. They looked around at each other and then back to Honeysuckle. No one else had arrived, she hadn't moved, instead, Honeysuckle held Hercules' dark, angry gaze. The voice clearly wasn't hers. Oh, You can't, can you? She smirked, but not on her own accord. Hercules lunged at her, and she fired, wide. It was enough to force the sheriff and his deputy to return fire. Confusion erupted around them as Mama Wind's anger rose. A crack of electricity made the deputy's horse whinny and collapsed to the ground, rolling onto the man's leg. Agonized howls joined the chorus of shouts and cursing. Hercules dropped to the ground and tossed his arms over his head. Bob shouted in fury and, with fist raised, spun to face the sheriff. You almost shot me. Shut up, she's getting away. My leg, my leg, the deputy screamed. Honeysuckle ran, scattering the prairie dogs and other creatures as she fled. She'd used her talent for mischief before, but this time, it may have saved her life. The tiny fire's flames licked at the skinned rabbit with eagerness. Still daylight, Honeysuckle hunched down in an abandoned hogan, a home the Dine had used as a dwelling. Perhaps they'd had nothing left to fight for, so they pushed on or were too weary of war. Honeysuckle had collected tumbleweeds and wood pieces scattered around the truncated trees to make a feeble fire. After that, she'd managed to catch a rabbit, snapping its neck to avoid alerting Bob to her location. Her hunting knife did the rest. The fire's smoke only spoke to an occupant, not necessarily her. Still, an anxiousness settled around her. Each animal scuttling and twig snapping made her jump. Full, with greasy fingers still tender from pinching the searing meat, Honeysuckle blew out a breath. She couldn't stay here forever. Mama Wynn waited, as did the rest of her own belongings, back in her trailer. With her fear in full bloom, she didn't dare chance a return without a plan. For now, The fizzing ceased inside, but everything felt just beyond her grasp. She rubbed her arms, but it offered little ease from the raw anxiety crawling across her skin. Using the last stores of energy she had, she stood and peered out across the New Mexican landscape. The setting sun flushed the horizon with pinks and oranges. Such a glorious place for such ugly things to occur. But she and Chaos were old friends. Her life's map bore many memories of conflict and close calls. Each time, Mama Wen had been there, an ever-present pillar of maternal strength. This time, Honeysuckle would have to be bold, and her boldness would need to stand alone. But did she have to do it alone? Don't underestimate the things I'ma do, Mama Wen had told her more than once. The dummy's protection had saved Honeysuckle too. Mama Wynne's cold sensations left her feeling hollow like this Hogan. Why battle alone against the mob? Across the flat land, Honeysuckle glimpsed something in the falling light. Almost at once, she blended back into the Hogan shadows, cloaking herself in its darkness. The rustling grew louder as the minutes ticked by. She crawled over to the fire where her pack rested and fished out her hunting knife. Her rifle would announce her location to others, but she picked it up anyway. The blade would do, but having both made her feel prepared. She scurried back to her previous position by the door. The wind stilled and thickened with each breath. A thatch of cacti shuddered moments before the wooden doll emerged, Mama Wen, Some rogue debris stuck to her hair and clothing, but she reached the outer edge of the yard. Mama! Honeysuckle dropped the weapons and raced out to retrieve her. Once she scooped the doll up, the cold crawling inside her returned. Despite this, she was comforted. Be calm, Mama Nguyen whispered. How'd you get here? How'd you find me? Honeysuckle searched the surroundings. No one. She pivoted back inside with her heart pounding. Stunned, she sat down beside the fire. As she plucked the debris out of Mama Wen's hair, she peered at the doll's short wooden legs. Mama? Yeah, how'd you find me? Honeysuckle's mouth had gone dry. I'll find you no matter where you go, we won. Mama Wen laughed as if the question was ridiculous. It raised chills across Honeysuckle's arms. What that mean? Honeysuckle cradled Mama Wynne in her lap, both facing the fire. Mama Wynne's head suddenly turned one hundred and eighty degrees to face Honeysuckle. I mean what I said. We gonna be together always. Mama Wynne's painted on mouth jeered at her. What if I find a man I like? Then you find him. Dead. Honeysuckle froze. An impulse to throw Mama Wen into the flame shot through her. It might sever the tethered link between them. Would she wither if their link did? She squeezed the dummy. She just didn't know. One toss and drop, then it would be all over. A moment of hesitation made her hand shake. With a sigh, she set Mama Wen down beside her in the dirt. The twisted head didn't sit right with her. Mama Wynne righted herself and then stretched out, her hair becoming leaves, limbs lengthening to adult size. Mama Wynne became more, a full tree of life. Now, as big as Honeysuckle, Mama Wynne scooted away from the fire, as if she knew Honeysuckle's previous dark thoughts. Honeysuckle couldn't ever be sure. Their bond left them tethered physically, but how else did Mama Nguyen find her? Sometimes, Honeysuckle suspected the doll could read her mind, too. Mama Nguyen had taken control of her body before, so why not her mind? At this, a chill skated over Honeysuckle. You think you're gonna be done with me? It wasn't a question, but a heated declaration. You want your freedom. I do. Not until that moment did it solidify for Honeysuckle that she did. She'd never liked being shackled. Once she secured her freedom, she was loath to lose it. Although Mama Wen had brought her success and a job, she'd also cost her. Honeysuckle's life was too high a price to pay for Mama Wen's temper. If Mama Wen killed any or all of the men in the mob, then things would only be worse. Mama Wen's unpredictable nature threatened any chance Honeysuckle would have for a safe and normal life. Not gonna happen. Mama Wen's branches rustled in the warning. We're gonna be together. Always. You don't want me to be happy? Thought you'd be happy breathing. Mama Wen mocked. Honeysuckle glowered and crossed her arms in a huff. Across the fire pit, Mama Wynn chuckled at her pout. Only me gonna save ya. I don't need saving. Honeysuckle grunted at the hard resentment staining each of those words. The boast sparked an idea inside her. But instead of speaking it aloud, she tucked it away for later. Yeah, you do. Mama Wynn rose and moved around the circle, closer to Honeysuckle. Savin' is for sinners, Honeysuckle stood up. You ain't no saint. You ain't neither. Mama Wynn's leaves rustled in the ensuing silence, but she didn't jeer. No snapping come back, maybe she heard the resolve in Honeysuckle's voice. Good, Honeysuckle grinned. It felt good to stand on her own feet. As the day bled tonight, Honeysuckle wondered how long before Mama Wynn knocked her to her knees, or Bob hanged her by the neck. The crisp New Mexican wind whipped and Honeysuckle rubbed the sleep out of her eyes with one thought. Water. Clutching her knife, it took several fast blinks before she oriented herself. She took in the shadowy and strange surroundings with fear pumping through her. The blackened fire pit still sent a thin trail of smoke into the air. It stained the room with the scent of burnt hair and soot. Farther away, between the pit and the entrance, Mama Wen lay face down in the dirt. The wind wasn't the only thing that snatched her awake. Crunching of boots on dirt and snapping twigs alerted her through sleep's thin veil to something approaching. With her hunting knife, she stood up and crept to the sole window. On tiptoes, she peered out into the new day. Just before dawn, only a sliver of sunlight provided illumination. Figures stumbled around in the gloom. Their lanterns bobbed like fat june bugs lazily bouncing in the air. The curses sounded human enough. Darn it, they'd found her. She had minutes, maybe, to plan a way out. She rubbed the remainder of sleep from her eyes with the back of her sleeve. As she stepped back, she tripped over Mama Wen. She caught herself, and she stared down at the dummy. Honeysuckle braced for the familiar belly speaker to start. No cold inkling erupted inside. Mama, she whispered. Nothing, only the rawness of her own terror a strangely new emotion that made her a bit ill. Honey, Bob shouted and brought her back to the situation. Come on out of there. Honeysuckle gripped the knife's hilt tight, thought about the number of pistols out there, and picked up her rifle. The round space made her a sitting duck. Trapped, it was too late to leave. Swearing, Honeysuckle pressed herself flat against the wall beside the entrance. With luck, she'd be able to take out a couple of them before she died. She'd go down fighting, not on her knees pleading for mercy. The first man inside caught the rifle butt with his face. He howled and swung blindly. Thankful for her dark skin, she blended into the shadows. When her assailant stalked by her, unaware, she swung and then ducked into the next patch of shadow. She repeated this several times, extending the element of surprise. The narrow entrance forced them to enter one at a time. Get her, the sheriff howled. Honeysuckle rolled across the dirt and tripped the second man. Easy enough, since he dragged one of his legs. He fell on top of the other man. The deputy's youthful voice coughed out a groan. The men's frustrated shouts as they struggled to untangle themselves amused her. That's enough, honey. Bob's tone made honeysuckles pause. She stood up and turned to face him. He held a pistol in one hand and the lantern in the other. An oily grin emerged from the dark stubble crawling across his double chins. Get on up now. Bob pushed his girth farther into the space and directed her with the gun. Hercules silently followed behind and squeezed into the narrow available space. This is a real shit hole in it. Bob barked out a laugh. Bob and Hercules threatened on her left, the sheriff and the deputy to her right. She couldn't see a way out. But then, the cold burst blossomed up from her belly. Honeysuckle shuddered, not in fear, nor from cold, but rather from Mama Wynne's full fury. Beware. That simple word thundered. Who said that? Bob searched around. My belly's speaking, Honeysuckle explained. You oughta listen. Hercules's pinched and pained expression conveyed his anger. The dawn's light illuminated the inside of the Hogan and the men therein. They put their lanterns down in the dust. She doing it again the deputy stammered as he got to his feet he held a hand to the left side of his head where blood trickled between his fingers he'd been sent in first a trick nothing more bob countered at this the wind roared through the hogan so powerful it blew off the cowboys hats mama wind's power unraveled in the confined area stirring up dust and hungry gusts mama's coming as soon as she thought it the air shifted. Spooked, the sheriff shot toward the exit. Get out of my way. Bob blocked the door, and the sheriff shoved at the mass. He failed to move the huge man. Bob didn't budge. You ain't leaving. Roughly the same height as Bob, the sheriff leaned in close and poked him with his own gun. You gonna stop me? Didn't think so. Without waiting for a reply? He wedged himself through a sliver of space and out of the Hogan. The deputy bolted too. I ain't worth this witchcraft shit. Bunch of yellow-bellied bastards, Bob shouted after them before turning his attention back on Honeysuckle. Welp, the law ain't here, so we ain't gonna follow any rules now, Herc. The wind began again, coupled with the laughter, wild and evil, Honeysuckle's insides froze. Wincing, she struggled to stay conscious. Bob and Hercules staggered as the world shook. They toppled over onto each other. Once one man hit the ground, weeds scrambled up from the earth. They pinned the men against the dirt and choked them. Gagging sounds rose up against the day. Honeysuckle fought the frost from consuming her by trying to stay awake. If she blacked out, She'd fail, Mama Wind threatened to take over and she'd kill them. The vegetation coiled around their necks, their faces paled before turning to shades of blue. The men's gurgling faded as Mama Wind sucked the life out of them. Honeysuckle staggered over to the men. Mama Wind's roaring laugh echoed in malicious glee. Not again, Honeysuckle couldn't tolerate the callous disregard for life any longer. They mean to kill you, let them die. The wind whirled in greater intensity, crushing the life out of them. Mama Wynne controlled everything, even her. Now, this was the time. If Bob and Hercules died, there would be more bounty on her head. Not only that, but their deaths would resolve nothing. She wanted to be in control of her life. Stop. Honeysuckle's heart thundered in her chest, and it burned hot in outrage. Enough! She screamed so loud, it pulled from the depths of her being. It shot through her like a geyser flooding her with fire. Honeysuckle raced to the men and began tearing at the weeds. As she tore through the restraints, not only those from the ground, but also inside herself, she beat back the icy feeling. It retreated with each snap. The yucca's cut and scratched at her skin, tearing at her flesh with eager defiance. She grinned at the pain and the cold recoiled further back into her belly. What you doin?", Mama Wynn shrieked, panic stretched the words thin. I'm getting back my voice, Honeysuckle grunted. Let me up, Bob yelled. He thrashed about, his pudgy parts flailed against his bonds and strained against them. They didn't yield. Honeysuckle crawled over to her hunting knife, where it'd been discarded in the whirlwind. She hurried back to Bob and Hercules and sliced through the vegetation. Covered in dirt and slashes, Bob lumbered to his booted feet. Beside him, Hercules scurried back from her, got to his feet, and fled. Honey. Bob croaked, rubbing his neck beneath his fleshy chins. He then patted his holster for his pistol, but it lay several feet away. His eyes darted to honeysuckle as realization dawned across his face. He licked his lips. Shut it. She stood up and poked him in the flabby folds of his chest. I'm a go, and you ain't gonna follow me, ever. Got it? Bob opened his mouth, but closed it quick. Instead, he nodded before walking out the Hogan, grumbling under his breath. After he left, Honeysuckle picked up her rifle, sheathed her knife, and shouldered her satchel. A numbness took up residence inside her. Mama Wynne's familiar cold comfort had gone. With a glance down at the broken and battered doll, Honeysuckle took in a deep, steadying breath. Now, she'd do the next shows of her life alone. It felt both strange and exciting. An internal quiet made her uneasy, but in time, she'd adjust. At last, she'd found her voice. Her belly would speak for her no longer.
1: You know, pop culture has a long tradition of living malevolent dolls. You've got your Chuckies, your Annabelles, your talking Tinas. And something else to know about Diana and I is that, well, we both love what we do in the shadows. And even that show managed to work in a possessed doll as a recurring character.
2: Yeah, I love the Nadja doll. She is So brilliant. Is that a spoiler? Sorry, listeners, got spoiled for a TV show. Uh, But I think it's also a great wink uh, towards Annabelle, which is the world's most haunted doll.
1: Yes, definitely. And somehow, the Old West setting of Belly Speaker makes Mama Wynn creepier than all of those dolls combined, at least in my opinion. And it also, I think, adds an extra dimension of horror to Honeysuckle's situation and the evil of her oppressors. Mama Win is also a great teaching
2: moment. So everyone out there, just so you know, never touch someone without their consent, or you might just get a sledgehammer to your chest.
1: Good advice for sure. Diana, thanks so much for being here today. I really did not want to face Mama Wynn alone.
2: <laughs> well, I'm glad to be here as that reassuring presence, you know? Uh, and if that talking doll creeps all of you out there as well, you know, consider dropping us a five-star review wherever you listen to this episode. And join us next time where we'll share this tale of teenagers coping of a worldwide plague of vampirism.
1: And if you see any old dolls on sale the next time you go thrifting, maybe leave them for some other poor sucker. Pleasant nightmares.
0: You are listening to Stories to Keep You Up at Night, created and produced by Realm, your portal to another world. Listen away.
4: Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story.
0: Stories to Keep You Up at Night, episode 44, features Belly Speaker by Nicole Givens-Kurtz. It is produced by Marco Palmieri and Mary Osidolahi. Associate produced by Alexis Latshaw, And executive produced by Molly Barton, Julian Yap, and Marcy Wiseman. Hosted by Marco Palmieri and Diana M. Foe. Performed by Ebony Flowers. Audio produced by Tidef Studios. Additional editing by Angela Yee. Original theme by Hashem Asadolahi, featuring drummer Andrew Niven, and mixed by Max Kuttner. Cover art by Kendall Thomas. Find more shows like Stories to Keep You Up at Night by following Realm on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or at realm.fm.